Good evening. What's the highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformations. I am Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary thing in their life. We discuss their story of success and the mindset drive them into achieving the impossible. Are you a service provider in real estate, or are you a real estate investor? If you're an agent or broker making certain percentage of each transaction, then you don't and you don't have income when you don't do any transactions. Then you are a service provider. Robert Kiyosaki once joked about agents in real estate is making even less than the waiter. He is that right, percentage wise. Then how to be an investor? You see opportunity and execute a business plan to make profit. You own it and you knowingly enjoy the benefit of real estate that that it naturally gives you. So, are you a service provider or an investor? Today, we are very happy to invite a friend of mine who are crashing it as a service provider initially, and then transforming into an investor. He's now doing big, big deals and enjoy every bid that real estate has to offer to him. Let's learn how he does it and what he has to share with us. Abbas, thanks for coming to our show. How's your day today? Benjamin, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome,、um, Abbas. Before we get get、uh, started with all the you know tons of topic that we want to touch on, that、uh, give a high level background introduction of yourself,、um, so our audience will know you better. Absolutely, no, I appreciate that. So just to kind of give a quick intro, I I originally was born in in Iraq, and、uh, you know I remember growing up, my family didn't have any money. I even as a kid, I used to sleep on concrete because we couldn't afford to buy beds. And then after the Iraq War, we lost our little house that we had, and we started kind of moving around everywhere just to you know try to survive and not get killed. And so, after a while of doing that, we ended up、uh, leaving Iraq and we went to Syria. lived there for a couple of years, and then we left.、Uh, thankfully, right before the civil war in Syria, we came to the U.S. back when I was 11 years old.、Um, this was all the way back in 2009. And when we got to the U.S., I mean, exactly the same story as most other immigrants. We had no money. We were on food stamps. We were on housing assistance. And I just kind of, you know, we stayed that way up until I was 18 years old. When I was 18 years old, I was selling cars, and at the time, I was also going to college. But I just, I was very frustrated with that because I realized that if I want to change my family's financial situation, I have to do something that would have a much bigger impact than going to college and working for fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. And so, what I did is I actually dropped out of college. I went out and got my real estate license. And I just went all in. I thought, look, when I get my real estate license, I'm going to make a lot of transactions. I'm going to make a lot of easy money. But I was quickly disappointed because when I started, I didn't even have the money to get my real estate license. So what I did is I had a credit card,、mm-hmm. and the credit card had five thousand dollars on it. So I went out, charged up two grand just to get my license, and I had three thousand dollars left, which wasn't much. But I got my real estate license. I quit my job. I left college and I thought, look, I'm going to make thirty thousand dollars a week anyway. Who cares, right? So, so then I went out and I started door knocking and I started cold calling.、Yeah. And I remember 
for the first three months, I was door knocking like eight, nine hours a day and I didn't get a single transaction. So then I, I had to go back to selling cars. And while I was selling cars, I was like, well, listen, there are a lot of points where I am not really, you know, I'm not really doing anything. So maybe I could use that time better. So I started cold calling out of the car dealership office. And nine months later, I got my first transaction. It took me a full year of working 12 hours a day just to get my first deal. Uh, but fast forward three and a half, four years later, I became one of the top real estate agents with Remax. I had 25 full-time virtual assistants. We were doing close to $2 million a year in profit. So my business really took off um, after my first year of failure. But, you know, I got to a point where I had a bunch of people in the business. I wasn't really doing much anymore. And I felt like, you know, I felt useless, to be honest with you. I didn't feel challenged anymore. And I also had a lot of money that started accumulating in the bank that I just didn't know what to do with. Because even though I was selling single family homes, I just never believed in it as an investment vehicle. I, I love it as, as a house to live in, right? Buying your primary home is great. But as an investment vehicle, I just never believed in it. And so I didn't want to invest in single family. I looked at crypto and I didn't like how volatile it was. It goes up 20, 30% a week and then down another 20, 30% the next week. So I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I also didn't like the stock market because it, it felt like the stock market is a lot more emotionally based rather than numbers based. There are many companies that are doing well, but they go down in value just because the overall market goes down in value. And so I didn't like that either. And so after doing a lot of research, um, two years ago, I eventually found out about multifamily. And after understanding that the value is largely based on how much income it produces and the fact that by increasing the income, you increase the value, I decided to go all in on multifamily. And it's also historically real estate is, is one of the best asset classes to invest in. It's recession uh, resilient, which is great. And so I was thinking in the long term, I want to invest over 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so for me to do that, I have to choose the right vehicle that has historically performed very well. And so then I decided to go all in on multifamily, um, started off passively, invested in a number of projects passively. And then um, I started actively buying my own deals a year and a half ago and helping other investors invest alongside me in the deals that I, I vet and choose. So that's kind of where we're at now. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a long it's intro, a, by the way. It, it is a long story, but I bet uh, you're 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 only scratching the surface for sure, right? Because there got to yep. be a lot going on, you know, before you even come to the state, right? Oh yeah. That is, you you just fly through with some word, but really, I I I get a sense that it's not that easy, right? It's never that easy. It's never as easy as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, and you know when you come to the country, you must recognize, hey, you're in a much better position than you were, or yep. comparing with tons of people, in you know at where you were, right? And 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 now you just have to do something differently. So absolutely. So really, really, you know this this these kind of um, uh, environment change really boosts you. You know, in terms of your mindset, what you're thinking, and how you approach things. Most people would just quit if they uh, get a year or two years not having results, right? Yeah. So yeah. Throughout, well, throughout I want to this thing. 
I, I wanted to quit so badly. I did this thing where it's like, this is my first year of real estate. I didn't get a single transaction. I'm like, listen, if I want to quit this bad, I'm just going to quit on the idea of quitting. And now there's no more quitting. Like I already quit on the idea of quitting. So there's no other option. I either succeed in real estate or I succeed in real estate. And it might take me a year. It might take me 10 years. It doesn't matter. I'm in this until it works. And at some point you'll make enough mistakes where you know, you'll stumble upon success by accident because you've done so many things within that realm. So I just kind of stuck to it. And that's that mentality of sticking through with things until they work has helped me out many, many, many different times in my life so far. And I think it's probably one of the most mm -hmm. valuable skills that, that I have built over time. I agree with you 100 percent. And uh, why why did you initially start from, you know, selling cars or selling cars? It was, I was 18. I didn't have any skills at the time. And so it was like basically the first thing that I could get my hands on. Um, and, you know, prior to selling cars, I was a shy kid. You know, I was the kid in high school that, that just stuck around with two or three friends and never talked to anybody else, basically. And so when I got into sales, it taught me to be more outgoing. It taught me to speak to people. And then I learned how to sell in that business as well. So it, you know, it was, it was a great start for me. Um, I think learning to yeah. sell is a skill everybody should should learn. It's very helpful in life. Yeah, I was going to say that you wasn't sure what you're going to do, and then you put yourself into a position to learn the most uh, important skill set in the world. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Because you have to, so, sell, you, have to sell your, you have to sell your, on your employees on the vision. You have to sell customers on your product. I mean, it's not just selling to customers; it's also selling the employees, selling your partners on the vision of what you're doing. So it's very important. So communication and negotiation. So let's talk 100. about uh, multifamily. Uh, yeah, let's do it. When you get into multifamily, did you get into smaller multifamily and mid-size and then large size? No, no. So, so, my, so here's, what, here's what's important uh, to understand in multifamily is that a lot of people think that smaller stuff is actually easier to start with because it just like, you know, logically makes sense. A single property, a single family house is the start. Then you kind of grow up into the fourplexes, the aplexes, but that's not the reality. The reality is the larger you go, the easier it gets. And the reason behind that is because you have economies of scale. When we're buying a hundred unit building, right? we can have two or three employees full-time working at that property. If I'm buying a duplex, the duplex doesn't produce enough income to hire two, two or three full-time employees. And so, so the reality is the larger you go, the easier it gets because you can hire more people. You have cheaper uh, construction costs. You have cheaper management costs. I mean, everything is just way cheaper. And so when I started, um, you know, I invested passively into larger projects. But my first active deal was a 64-unit apartment complex that we bought in Dallas. And that deal is performing really, really well. I mean, it's we even, even as the stock market has taken a huge hit, crypto's taken a huge hit, we have been um, consistently uh, delivering cash flow. And we just decided to increase cash flow even further this year. So, the, you know, I, the larger you go, the, the easier it gets is, is the lesson I've learned in multifamily. Mm, I see. And uh, a lot of people may argue that, you know, you have to be rich first before you get into multifamily because that is a, a game that involves a lot of money. Would you agree, mm -hmm. disagree, and why or why not? 
I would, I would strongly disagree. The reality is, let's just run some numbers. I live in the Bay Area. So the average house costs about, you know, a million dollars. Let's say you live in a regular town where the median house is about 500000 If you want to buy a $500,000 house, normally to break even on the cash flow, you might need between 20 to 30%. Let's say 20%, just to keep numbers, you know, simple. Mm-hmm. So 20% of a half a million dollar house is what? It's 100000 right? Mm -hmm. So you need $100,000 just to purchase a house that doesn't include maybe rehab costs or anything like that. We're just talking about the down payment. Now, to invest into a multifamily property, say a 50-unit apartment complex or a 100-unit apartment complex, almost every time, the minimum investment amount is $50,000. So you could either take your $100,000 and put it into one project with one tenant and if that tenant leaves you have no money coming in and then you're scrambling or you can invest it into a hundred unit complex actually you could take your hundred thousand divided into two buildings now you've got two different investments and each one has maybe a hundred units so you have a lot of tenants you have a lot of diversity you have a lot of you know safety because you've got multiple units and so you could actually get your money and make it work much much further for you um, in multifamily, and you can start at a much, right. much smaller number than you might think otherwise. Right, but um, I guess we're talking about active investing. Right oh, now. as an active, as an active. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Because, you know, most of our audience, they they are just getting into real estate and trying to grow their portfolio. Like, got so, it. Again, would you, would you think that they need to be rich first, have the cash first to buy or what? Yeah, so so the truth is in multifamily, you never have everything that is required to do the whole deal, right? And if you do, then maybe you're working on a deal that's too small for you. So what really you, you have to do is you have to find what is your skill set and what gaps do you have that you could bring other people to fill in those skill sets, right? So maybe you're starting out and you're not rich, you're not worth as low. Well, you can find other people who have a high net worth but maybe they don't have the skill of finding a deal. Maybe they don't have the skill of underwriting a property. Maybe they don't have the skill of raising money, but they have the net worth and the cash. So you could bring them in uh, and maybe you can't raise money. So maybe you bring in other people that can help you with the money raising, but they also have to obviously be involved in the deal in other ways. But there are many different skills in this business and you just have to find out what is your skill set and then and then bring in other people that could help you you know, fill in the other gaps. But for you to do that, obviously, you have to build relationships. This is why this business is a very relationship-heavy business. And if you're not spending time building relationships with other people, when you want to do the deal, you're not going to have the right relationships to tap into to make a full circle of skills that you need to take down a right. property. Right. That goes to um, how, you, you know, your first first deal. Like, when you just get, get started on onto multifamily, uh, give us an examples on what, what relationship you had and how you pull things around and finally mm-hmm. assemble the first deal together. Yeah. So the first deal that I did, uh, when I started, I started um, in multifamily in February of 2021. And what I did for the first, like basically like nine months, I would have eight to eight to eight to nine um, Zoom meetings every single day. I basically had a VA and the VA's job, the virtual assistant's job was to go on my Facebook and reach out to everybody that looked like 
you know, they were in multifamily. And the reason behind that is I wanted to build those relationships. I spent many, many, many hours every single day on Zoom, just sitting at a computer, talking to people. And as I was talking to people, I basically would write down what their skill set is. So that way, when I when I need a specific skill set, I could see who in that list do I want to reach out to. So that's how I built my, my database at first. One of the people I, I ended up speaking with on these Zoom meetings was my current partner on the deals we've done. His name is TJ. You know, he's located in Dallas. I, I live in California. I want to buy in Dallas. So he's located in Dallas. So he f- helped me fill that gap. He's also great at asset management. And obviously I live in California, so it's hard for me to manage assets. So I, you know, I tapped into, into that skill set for him. He needed someone that could basically talk to brokers, find deals, raise money. And so then I filled in that gap for him. And so that's kind of how we did it, you know, and then over time, the next deal we did, we needed people that had higher net worth. And so then I connected with other people that I brought into the table to fill in that gap for us. So as you do more and more deals, you'll, and especially bigger deals, you'll notice that you'll have bigger gaps and you just need more relationships to fill those gaps for you.